Hey, hey, thanks for tuning back in to Wellness Digest. We're so grateful to have you and ready to spread some awareness on today's episode about a very important topic. We talk a lot about the importance of a nutrient-dense diet, caring about sourcing enough to ask questions about where your food comes from, but we haven't really touched on what happens to your food after it's in your hands. Ideally, it would be great if it always got consumed and nourished us, but oftentimes food gets thrown away. And it's really easy to live in a mindset where you just don't think about these things and the impact your actions can have on other people and the world around you. But food waste is one of those things that has a huge impact and it's really detrimental for many reasons if it goes unnoticed. So if we're going to talk about having appreciation for your food, being mindful about waste has to be a part of the discussion as well. So enjoy the episode and as always, we hope you're able to learn a thing or two. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We enjoyed our little week off, little break, and now we're back on the mic. How's it going, Liv? It's going lovely. I'm excited to be back here and excited for this episode. I think this is something that we've always talked about is so important for us to educate our audience on, and it's honestly a topic that I need education on because I'm not the best at it. So I think this is going to be a super informative, great topic, and excited to be back. Yeah, I'm really excited as well. And um, this topic has a lot of relevancy to my life right now, actually. I am on spring break this week for work, but I picked up like a little side gig as event staff for South by Southwest here in Austin. And I've been working for this company called Food Tank. And they're basically like an educational information hub for a lot of issues going on in the food system, one of those being food insecurity. And so I've been hearing a lot of experts talk about this topic, um, food waste, and how addressing food waste can be one of the solutions to food insecurity. And I've just been feeling so inspired by the things I've been hearing lately um, and what I've been learning through my work there. And so thought we'd do an episode on it. And um, yeah, this is something that applies to all of our lives. We all eat food as humans. We all produce waste. So it's just something that's very good to be conscious of. And I feel like something that we kind of mindlessly go about our lives, forgetting um, that this is a problem. So wanted to bring awareness to it and excited to get into it. So one of the things that I learned um, from some of the speakers that I heard this week is that one in six Americans lack a secure supply of food on their tables, which one in six is a big number, but I'm actually like kind of surprised it's not more than that. I feel like there's, because we are so fortunate to be people who always have access to grocery stores, always have access to food, always have enough money to buy food. Um, just don't realize that there are people out there who don't have access to a consistent supply of food. Um, And even like right here in my own neighborhood, like one of the examples that they mentioned in their talk was that um, this neighborhood called Del Val, Texas, it's like 
literally 15 minutes away from me, um, is technically considered a food desert because if you live in Del Valle, you have to drive at least 20 minutes to get to a grocery store. That's like not a dollar tree or like, you know, something that's like an actual grocery store with actual produce. Most people have to drive like 20, 30 minutes to get to a grocery store. And which is like, fine if you have a car and you can afford gas, but if you don't have a car or you can't afford gas, like that's a long drive. So just really eye-opening to hear, um, that number one in six, but even more eye-opening and very inspiring was that I learned that if as a global population, we reduced our food waste by just 25%, we could actually feed every person that is currently going hungry, which is actually really cool to hear because that's such a like tangible solution. I feel like that's interesting that you point out that if we reduced food waste by 25%, we could feed literally every person who is currently going hungry. Um, because I think from my perspective, I'll just be completely honest. I'm not the best with food waste, um, or just like understanding like what food waste can go in compost, like how to reuse things. Um, and shame on me for not being good at that because that's obviously such an important part to health, wellness, our environment, whatever. But I think that from like the regular person's um, perspective, they probably think along with me, like sometimes it's just so much work and it's really not so much work. I think we just like have this mindset that like, oh, it's another thing to do to figure out what can go into the compost, what you can do with this. Um, And so I hope this episode for people simplifies food waste. And um, I know Tatum will give very tangible tips so we can stop making excuses and actually care about this topic. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's just part of like, we're not educated on these kinds of things, which is like a problem with so many of the things that we talk about, but, um, like we're not told where our trash goes. We're not told where our food goes after we throw it away. Like we don't know, we just do it and it disappears. And so then obviously we don't have to worry about it because it's not something that's like, you know, part of our everyday life that we see. So, um, Yeah, it's just that number really gave me hope that, um, you know, there is a solution to um, to food insecurity, um, but also just made me realize like how important food waste is and how much of a difference it can make if we reduce it um, even by just a little bit. So with all of that being said, waste is a fact of life as long as there are living beings and there are about to be a crap ton more of us with how fast our population is growing. There's always going to be waste, but we just waste so much currently. And that's not even just with food. Like, I feel like we're just a very disposable society. We throw away a lot of things. We just think like, Oh, I'll get a new one. Um, we just, yeah, we throw things away at an insane rate. So we're going to talk about that today. And first I wanted to start with just kind of a little bit of a definition of what is food waste, which it's pretty self-explanatory, but food waste is considered any uneaten food or even food preparation residue that is generated by either a residence or a commercial establishment. So food waste can actually occur inside your own home or at different points along the food supply chain. So like restaurants, production facilities, farms, Food waste comes in many forms, and it's important to know how you can reduce your own personal food waste since we aren't always able to control what happens like before food reaches our tables. So as far as like on a personal level, the average person wastes about 30 pounds of perfectly edible food every single month. 
which is a lot of food that could be eaten or used in another way. And all of that adds up to about like one third of all the food that is produced getting wasted, which I think is just crazy. One third, 33% of the food that is produced ends up being wasted. Yeah. That just makes me think of like, not to say we're so ungrateful for our food because I'm so grateful for my food, but like the full part of showing appreciation for our foods, our food is making sure that things like this aren't happening. One third of our food, that's like a really disappointing number to hear. And I'm absolutely part of the problem. Um, But that just is like so much more than you'd think. Like you're like, oh, I'm just going to throw this away. It's just this, but it accumulates and it becomes so much. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like why, why reducing food waste would be able to help people not be hungry because there's, there's perfectly good food that we are wasting that could be put directly into the mouths of people who are literally starving. And one thing I just want to say here is that I feel like a problem in kind of my field in the way that people think, especially on the agricultural side of things, like a lot of big companies, big ag companies keep thinking like, oh, we need to produce more. We need to produce more food. We have people going hungry. So we need to figure out how to make more food. That's the whole reason why GMOs were created. Like we need this technology so that we can have more resilient food and produce more and more and more. We actually don't need to be producing more. We are producing more than enough food already. It's just that most of it is getting wasted. So it's not a production problem. It's a waste problem, which I think is like a huge misconception in, in my, my space and field of work. Okay. So back to numbers for a second, we talked about how the average person wastes like 30 pounds of perfectly edible food every month. Um, so if you like, think about how many people are on this planet that adds up to 70 billion pounds of edible food wasted every single year. And that's just edible food. So that doesn't even include, um, like supply chain waste from like byproducts of making food. Like that's just edible food alone. So all of these numbers are very alarming, Um, but it's even bigger than this, I think, because we also have to consider the water, the fertilizer, the soil, all of that that was used to grow that wasted food. And then the fuel that was used to transport it. Like there are so many resources here that are being wasted aside from just the food itself. We could be saving so much money as a society and, just saving so many resources if we focused more on food waste alone. So kind of cool to hear, but also still a little bit disheartening. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those issues with literally every issue in our food system. It's like, it seems very alarming. It's super, but if we all play a part in it, it can be very like tangible that we can do to work towards the issue. What is the environmental impact of food waste? Yes, it definitely all starts on the personal level. So before we get down to like what you can do yourself as an individual, I'll paint a little bit of a picture of like how this is impacting like our world, because I do feel like people talk about how um, food waste is bad for the environment, but like not really an explanation of why. So we talked about, if you remember in um, our episode on meat, um, we talked about greenhouse gases and I think in the climate change episode too, but greenhouse gases and like why they're, why they're bad, how they warm the earth, but If you remember from our episode on meat, methane is one of the greenhouse gas emissions that like people always talk about and, um, food waste actually emits methane when it sits and rots in the landfill. So as that food decomposes, it's giving off methane, which is a greenhouse gas. So 
that is um, one of the contributors of global of global warming that is creating rising temperatures. So that's kind of like the direct correlation between how food waste actually makes um, global warming and that kind of thing worse. And 21% of landfill volume is made up of food waste. So of all the trash in the landfill, which if you've ever seen a landfill, I don't know, most people probably haven't, but they're very scary to look at how much trash is there. But 21% of that is food waste. So it really is a huge contributor to global warming. That's a really, really big chunk of our landfill volume. And all of that food waste could be used instead to improve the organic matter content of our soils if we composted it instead. So there's something that this could be actually used for rather than it just rotting away in a landfill and creating more methane and making the problem worse. So that's kind of like the environmental impact and like why food waste is considered a problem um, environmentally. Does that make sense? Yes. I feel like I, I understand one numbers behind why this is such a big issue. I like had no idea that it was accumulating at this rate and it was making this big of impact and it makes sense. And like the environmental impact ties into so many other of our episodes and how we've talked about methane and gas emissions and all the things. So I feel like this is, um, this is like painting a bigger picture for people on all the things that we already talked about within the environment and the food system. Yeah, it's all interconnected. Um, and I think that's part of the solution is looking at everything in an interconnected way, um, which is what we try to do on this podcast. But yeah, there's so much more to these kinds of issues than we really realize. Um, and that's why it's so important to like really dive into them and do your own research because um, it's not just a matter of like, oh, don't throw away your banana peels. Like it's not, it's a much bigger problem than that. And it contributes to so many other things. So let's get into how you can actually start wasting less food. I feel like we know it's a problem. And with a lot of these issues, and this is something else I've been learning this week with a lot of the speakers I've been listening to is like, we don't want to just tell people like, oh, there's this huge problem. And then leave people being like, well, we're screwed. Like going to die in a few years unless we fix it. Like people don't like that. They don't like to feel like they have no no way of changing things or that they like they're helpless. Um, so I think it's really important to focus a lot on the actual tangible ways to make a change. So let's get into that. Number one, take inventory of how much food you're wasting, like just pay attention to it. And I think that's the first step with really anything that we talk about is like, turn your awareness to this, to this subject. Think about how much food you're actually wasting on a weekly, daily basis, and then kind of adjust where you waste the most. So me, for example, I always buy a bag of lemons thinking I'm going to use them in my tea, in my water. And then I literally never do. They always get moldy or mushy in my cute little fruit bowl on my counter every single time. So I need to stop buying a bag of lemons, like just buy a couple, buy what you're actually going to use. Um, but the first step is to like, think about what you feel like you waste the most. Is there a certain food live that you feel like you always end up wasting? Mm, I'm trying to think because I've got it pretty dialed down to like, I use every inch of things. My thing more is like when I am cooking, like I will make, I make too much of something and then we don't want to eat it anymore. And Mm -hmm. so then there's like extra food and it's like, I really don't want to eat this. Like I'm just, I got too much. My thing is I get too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing too. Um, so with, with like, as far as like grocery shopping goes, think about it when you're shopping, like, are you really, are you realistically going to eat a big Costco size thing of strawberries before they go bad? 
Probably not, especially if you live alone. Um, if you live like, you know, in a family of four, then maybe you will go through a big thing of strawberries, but like, um, just one big thing there is to stop buying fresh foods in bulk, like shopping in bulk can be so helpful, save you a lot of money. Um, and it can also help save a lot of waste, but not really when it's fresh foods like produce, because most of the time you don't go through that much produce before it ends up going bad. Um, so on that note, just the number or the second thing that you can do is just shop smarter in general. A couple of tips here. Don't go to the store when you're absolutely starving. I have a problem with doing this because I end up buying literally everything. If I go to the store when I'm hungry, I'm like, oh, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. And then I buy it. And then I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to use this for. I have no plan for it. I just bought it because I was hungry. I do the same thing. Absolutely. And then one, you just spend money and get too many things. And two, yeah, you're like, oh, this mango looks like I could use six mangoes. They sound fun because I'm hungry when no, 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 no. You're not going to use all those things. So that's a good tip for like your health, your wellness environment. That's a good tip for everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing about shopping smarter, try going more often throughout the week rather than trying to stock up for like two weeks and then letting things go to waste. I feel like this is a convenience thing because for me, I like to stock up so that I like have food ready for the week. I don't have to worry about going to, going to the grocery store during the week. Like it's totally a convenience thing for me. I feel like Liv, you go to the grocery store more often than I do. Like you're fine with like stopping by the grocery store on your way home from work and like getting what you need for like your tonight's dinner or whatever. Yeah. I think that's also because the grocery store is like my happy place. Yeah. <laughs> so I True. go into it. It is so much easier to go once a week than to have to be like, oh, this meal, this meal, this meal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But like when I lived with my parents um, for like a few months after I graduated college, we literally lived right next to a grocery store. So we would like walk every night after I'd get off work. Me and my mom would like walk to the grocery store and get what we needed for dinner for the week. And it's like you waste so much less food that way. And I know that not everyone lives that close to a grocery store or doesn't have the luxury of like having extra time to go. So totally get that. If you are going to stock up for a week, two weeks, whatever, um, plan, 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 plan your meals so that you know exactly what you're buying for what meal, you know, exactly how it's going to get used. And you don't just like have things that are not going to get, um, not going to get cooked. So, Those are a few tips for shopping smarter. Also challenge yourself to make a meal from ingredients you already have instead of buying more. This is one thing that I can get better at because I feel like I'll like buy a bag of Brussels sprouts or something and I'll only use half the bag for a recipe. And then I'll like put the rest of the bag in the fridge and then like never think of a way to use it. And then they go bad and I throw them away. Like look at what's in your fridge and think like, hmm, what could I make out of this? Or what could I add these Brussels sprouts to or whatever? Um, even if it's like a meal that you didn't intentionally plan to add those to, just like, oh, I'm cooking a salad tonight. I could have just add these Brussels sprouts in before they go bad, like that kind of thing. Get creative with it. Okay. Number three is to buy ugly produce. And this is a huge one. Not a lot of people realize that there are actually standards for what can be sold at a grocery store. So all of the produce that you see at the grocery store has been inspected for literally beauty. They literally take the produce and they look at it and they say, "Mm, that one has, that one's lumpy. That one has a extra carrot sticking out of it. Like, nope, it's not going to meet the standards to be sold at a grocery store. So they don't sell it. And a lot of farmers have problems um, selling their produce to grocery stores because 
that's not how food doesn't grow magically to be perfectly beautiful every single time. Food sometimes has lumps and bumps and scrapes and nicks and things like that. But one thing that you can do here to kind of help you start buying uglier produce is farmers markets don't have those strict standards like grocery stores do. Farmers are able to sell their quote unquote ugly produce at farmers markets um, because they don't have like necessarily like standards um, like most grocery store chains do. So shopping at farmers markets when you can, which we've talked about all the time is helpful for so many reasons, but for this one, especially there are also um, two like subscription um, things I know of misfit market and imperfect foods. Um, they literally buy ugly produce from farmers and then do like a subscription box for consumers. And that can be kind of a fun way to support the purchasing of ugly produce. But um, obviously it's better to buy directly from the farmer when you can. Number four, store your food correctly. A lot of us just aren't educated on the proper way to store foods. Um, I feel like, again, this should be something that we are all taught in early education, but how you store your food matters. Um, One thing that I like to do is to reorganize my fridge every time I get new food so that I can bring old food to the front and remember to use it instead of like shoving it to the back and then forgetting it as it exists. Um, So that's the first thing. Reorganize your fridge whenever you get new food. Um, The second thing is to stop leaving produce in plastic bags inside the fridge. If you go to the grocery store and you use the little plastic bags to um, shop for produce, that plastic actually makes your food um, go bad faster. So instead of storing your food in that plastic bag, you can like leafy greens, for example, like kale. Um, The plastic can sometimes make kale go slimy really quick. So instead you can take it out of the plastic bag pat it dry with a paper towel and then like just leave it wrapped in a paper towel in the fridge instead. That's interesting because my mom always scolds me because I never use the plastic bags. First of all, I don't even get plastic bags or everything in or use bags, but she's always like, you're going to make food go bad if you don't use the plastic bag. So I'm excited for her to listen to this <laughs> and say no. It. I think the hardest thing is though, like, how, maybe this would be a good like Instagram type thing for us to do for more visual, but I get confused, like how to store herbs, like how to store my asparagus, how to store my leafy greens things. I'm just like, it seems like no matter what I do, if I don't eat them quick, they go bad. Yeah. Yeah. We can, um, we can share some more resources on this. I'm going to talk about a few examples, but, um, yeah, there are like little tips and tricks that you can do to help food last longer in your fridge, but that is one of them stop storing things in plastic bags. And if you're one of those people, that's like a super sanitary person. And it just like kind of grosses you out to not have your food covered, just do it with a paper towel instead, even though that's somewhat still open, but you should be washing your produce anyway, before you're going to eat it. So, um, don't worry about it. Like, Oh, it's going to touch my refrigerator drawer. Like, okay, clean your refrigerator drawer first. Like it's really not that big of a deal. Um, so yeah, stop using those plastic bags, um, to store your produce, Another thing, foods that you should not be refrigerating. These foods actually don't ever need to be put in the refrigerator and sometimes refrigerating them can actually make them go bad faster. Those are melons, tomatoes, onions, potatoes, garlic, citrus fruit. So like oranges, lemons, limes, bananas, pears, and peaches. Is there anything on that list that you put in your fridge? Hmm. 
No. Well, mm, mm, I sometimes do put citrus fruits in the fridge because I like them to be cold, but I won't do that anymore. Well, you can, if you want to do it like a little bit before, you know, you're going to eat it and you want it to be cold. That's fine. But like, you shouldn't be like storing them in there just because it can actually make them ripen faster. Also with bananas, um, bananas are actually kind of an exception because you can store bananas in the fridge. They're going to turn brown. The peel on the outside is going to turn brown, but the inside's actually still going to be fine to eat. So, um, I guess you can technically store your bananas in the fridge, but I don't, I just always leave mine on the counter. Oh, but another thing with bananas, um, separate them from each other. Don't leave them connected on the top. If you separate from them from each other, that will, that will like cut off their, um, ripening process. So, um, that's another little tip for bananas. Um, and then when you do store those kinds of things on the counter, try to give them space. So like, don't put them all in the same bowl because having like, like an onion and, um, like a tomato in the same bowl, like something about what the onion, the compounds that the onion gives off can like make that tomato rot faster. So separate the things that you are storing on the counter rather than putting them all into one like fruit bowl or something. Um, freezing things is another really great way to store foods to prevent, um, ripening. I keep bread, spinach, also leftovers. If you're someone who doesn't like to eat the same thing back to back, Liv, you were kind of just saying that sometimes you like make too much food and then you don't want to eat it, freeze it. Like if you make a bunch of soup or something and you're like, I don't want to eat the soup for four days straight, freeze half of it and then thaw it out when you like feel like you want to eat it again. So freezer is your best friend. (laughs) Okay. Another thing is to understand expiration dates, which I think someone on our Instagram actually asked us about this when we were talking about topics to cover is like, what do expiration dates actually mean? Because this is a huge reason why people throw food away because they think it's gone bad, but really it's, it hasn't. So I'm just going to give you a few definitions on expiration dates. Sell by, if it says sell by, this is the date at which the food item reaches its peak freshness. So the store will pull it off the shelves if it's not sold by then, but it's actually still safe to eat for a few more days. So like avocado, for example, which I guess produce doesn't usually have a sell by date on it. So I'm trying to think of something that would have like a sell by like chicken, chicken breast, for example. Um, if it says sell by though, they're going to pull it off the shelves because that's the point where that chicken breast has reached its peak freshness, but that doesn't mean that it's like spoiled necessarily. You can still eat that chicken. It's just, um, I guess not as fresh as it was two days ago. So, um, yeah, if you see that label and they haven't pulled it off the shelves yet, go ahead and buy it because it's probably going to get thrown away soon. Um, especially if you plan to eat it right away anyway. Um, that's kind of a way to save some food from being thrown away at the grocery store. I think another thing on the meats, because I'm willing to take the risk of eating something a little bit later. If it's like a produce, if it's something, but meats, I'm always like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Meats get sketchy when they get past their dates. Um, so yes. freeze your meats. Freezer tip is perfect for this one. Yep. Yep. Definitely. I always freeze my meats unless I'm going to eat them like that day. Um, yeah. And you can even like separate it out, like, you know, put a couple chicken breasts in the freezer and keep two out or whatever. Um, best buy. That means that after the best buy date, the food item might lose some of its quality as far as taste goes, but it's still safe to eat for a few days. So that's kind of like, it might, it might not, but they're just going to put the best buy date on there because they want to save their own asses. So 
That doesn't necessarily mean that the food is bad either. That just means this is our guess at when this food is going, might, might start to spoil. Um, so again, doesn't necessarily mean that it's expired. Use by is probably the most accurate term for knowing when something is truly spoiled, but even then it's usually still safe to eat for a few days. So I say, I don't really think expiration dates are really a good indicator all the time of if a food is spoiled. The best way to know is just use your senses. Smell, how does it look? What does it smell like? That's usually a good indicator. If your meat is starting to change color, if your milk is starting to get chunky, you guys know what spoiled milk looks like. Um, Yeah. And like even eggs, like you can't see the inside of an egg, but crack one open if it smells weird or if it looks weird then the carton has probably gone bad. So um, using your your senses, those expiration dates are really just used to save companies from getting sued if someone eats their food and gets food poisoning. <laughs> so um, yeah, a lot of people throw food away because it says it's it's bad, but really you got some more time. Number six, use all parts of the food when you can and compost when you can't. So try to get more creative about the ways that you use parts of food that we normally throw away. I have a little series that I have not been keeping up with on Instagram, but I have maybe like two videos on it. I want to start posting more because I have so many ideas and I promise I'll get there eventually. But, um, one of the things I made was like a carrot top pesto. So instead of throwing away the carrot greens, um, you can actually make a little pesto out of them. And it's actually one of the yummiest pestos I've ever made, like, as opposed to using like, I don't know what other greens people use spinach or arugula or something. Yeah. I think carrot top sauce honestly tastes the best. Um, what else? The other one I did was like an orange peel tea. So don't throw away your orange peels. You can make a tea out of them. You can also make like a little pot pourri kind of thing to make your house smell good. Um, you can use citrus peels for cleaning too. If you just add some citrus peels to some vinegar in like a spray bottle, perfect little household cleaner. Um, some other ideas save like the stems of your leafy greens, like kale, for example, you can always use them in smoothies. Like those stems still have a lot of vitamins and nutrients, um, in them. If you are someone who makes smoothies a lot, you can just throw them in there. Um, you can make flavored water out of things, out of your citrus peels, out of cucumber peels, um, really anything, even like strawberry tops, like you can use those to make like flavored water, like get creative with it. Um, banana peels and eggshells. Um, those are really good for making a little plant fertilizer. If you have house plants, you can just put some banana peels in an, in a like glass spray bottle of water. Um, and that is a great fertilizer for your plants to give them a little bit of like plant food. Cause bananas have a lot of nitrogen. Um, same with eggshells, save your eggshells and like crush them up in a little bag and then like sprinkle them into your plant soil. Great nutrients for your plants. Um, the next one is make veggie or bone broth or stock. Liv does this all the time. I have yet to do it, but I want to do this as part of my little zero food waste series, but to make a little veggie, your own veggie broth from like the tops of onions or celery stalks that you didn't use the tops of carrots, like literally anything. What else do you add to your bone broth? I have literally garlic, onions, any vegetables. Obviously I use the bones of the meat I'm eating too, but this is any vegetable you could think of, like you cannot name a vegetable that I don't think could go in a veggie stock. Um, it's just so easy. And this has helped me eliminate a lot of my waste. Um, 
with vegetables and meats because I literally just have a big bag in my freezer and every single time I eat um, and have leftovers, I just throw it into the bag. So this is super easy. A lot of people know that bone broth is not cheap. Stock of vegetable broth, like it's not cheap. It's an expense and you can be making this on your own with your leftover scraps and bones and save yourself a lot of money. Yeah, that's so true because I feel like we always talk about how bone broth can be really good for healing your gut. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's so much more expensive than regular veggie broth or chicken broth or whatever. That's a really good point that um, making your own can save you a lot of money. Um, Yeah. So you literally just save any part of a vegetable that you would normally throw away um, stems, tops, whatever of anything, keep it all in like a bowl or a bag throughout the week and then make a broth out of it at the end of the week. Super easy. Um, and I will be posting a video on how to do this. So, um, stay tuned for that. And then I said, also, if you, if you like, don't have a way to use that part of the food, um, compost it. So a few things for composting, because I know this can be a little bit confusing, especially for people who like, don't have a composting service. First thing is obviously to see if your city does have a composting service. Like even if you don't have a compost bin at your house, that doesn't mean that your city doesn't offer composting it. Your city might still offer composting and you just don't know about it. So check to see if there's a composting service that you can sign up for, just like trash collection. Um, you might just have to like manually add it to your trash bill. So if your city does not have a composting service, um, you can also compost your food waste yourself at home, get a little countertop container. You can get those little compostable bags that go in them. Um, and for this, like stick to pretty much only fruits and veggie scraps. So like no meat, no dairy, no bread, pastas, rice, that kind of thing, pretty much just fruits and veggies. Um, and then what you can do with that is add it to your yard or your garden as a fertilizer. If you have a yard or a garden, um, you literally just like dig a little trench, put the food waste in there and then cover it up and it'll all decompose under there and spread a bunch of good nutrients to your plants. Um, even if it's not a garden, even if it's literally just like you have a tree in your backyard and you have some dirt there, you can literally add it to that. Um, if you don't have any green space around your home, like you live in an apartment or something like that, um, you can put it to, into your planters, into your house plants, like any plant that you have, it can be added to. Um, if you have none of that, <laughs> you can, or you don't want to do that, um, you can take it to your city's public compost facility. A lot of cities have a public compost facility where you can literally just drive there and jump dump your food waste. Yes, it is an extra stop. Yes, it is an extra thing on your to-do list, but hopefully you understand from what I said at the beginning of this episode that reducing your food waste even by a little bit, even if you do it once a month, um can be super super helpful. Another thing is to check with a local organic farm or community garden. A lot of organic farms and community gardens are looking for compost to use because compost can be really expensive. Um, so they will totally take your free food waste. Farmers markets are a great place to find a farmer who will take your food waste from you. Um, literally just ask them, do you take, do you take, um, consumer food waste? And they will let you know, like, yes, we do. But as long as there's no meat in it, or as long as there's no this or whatever. And then the last thing, and probably the most like convenient thing, just because so many people do like to have the ease of like an app or something like that to help them with this kind of thing. There's an app called share waste app. And I think this is just such a cool concept. I wish I had thought of this because whoever thought of this probably make a bank right now. It's called share waste app. You pretty much can go on there and find somebody in your community, like literally your neighbor who has a garden 
or your neighbor who has chickens that wants your food waste. And they will literally put, you know, I'm looking for food scraps on this app and you can go drop it off to them. It's like literally just finding your neighbors, your friends, your community members who want your food waste for whatever reason that will take it from you, which I just think is such a cool um, little app. Also a new way to make a friend and find someone who has a garden. Maybe they'll let you have some of their produce too. <laughs> I was just that honestly, that's like kind of a good place to meet like-minded people who care about these things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And a, a good way to just like know who's in your community. I feel like, um, sometimes like a lot of people want to start shopping more locally, but they like, don't know where to go. Um, that's probably a cool app to find someone who's like your local gardener or your local farmer. Um, something like that. If you don't shop at a farmer's market, that app's probably a good way to find somebody as well. So check it out. Wow. I feel like these are extremely, extremely tangible tips. I know that I have a list of things that I can begin to do. Um, so thank you for all of those tangible tips. I think that's going to be very helpful to the listeners to know, like actually how to do this. Yeah. And, um, this is going to be one of those episodes where like, we want to be able to show you guys how this actually works. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention storing your herbs in jars of water. My, okay. So herbs are one thing that I feel like go bad for me really quickly. Um, and usually because I like buy a whole bunch of cilantro, but I only need it for like one or two meals. And I don't know how to use a whole bunch of cilantro before it goes bad. But if you put your herbs straight into a jar of water, they actually last so long. I've gotten like weeks out of my cilantro, my parsley, um, leaving them in a jar of water in my fridge and you don't even have to cover them. Um, so yeah, that's a huge way to save, um, herbs. Um, but like things like that, we will post more about this on our Instagram, um, like showing you how to actually do this. Cause I feel like sometimes for people, um, a visual is a little bit more helpful. So we will do that. We will follow up and yeah, hopefully this was a helpful episode for people. Yes. Thank you everybody for listening. We will post resources obviously on this. So you can like, see, I know a lot of people are visual learners. Um, on how Tatum incorporates this into her life. And who knows, maybe I'll start incorporating this right now and I can post, I can post my journey as well. But thank you guys for listening and tune in to next week.